Alright, so uh, thanks a lot for coming out tonight, guys. Really appreciate it. Let's do a bit of a census of the room to see who we have here. Make some noise if you're Danish. Right, most energetic Danish people out here. Alright, now make some noise if you're not Danish. Not in their faces, guys. Alright, now make some noise if you've ever heard of me before. My fans are here. Alright, thank you very much for coming out tonight, guys. So, uh, you know, I do this show, I travel around Europe, and this is like, I think the fifth time I've come to uh, Copenhagen, and so far so good, people keep coming, right? So that's how bad it is. <laughs> but uh, what I've done with this particular one hour show is we're going to take a break in 30 minutes in to kind of get drinks and so on and so forth. But what I've done with this show is I've structured it as an introduction, right? It's an introduction to myself, my background, and my culture. And I usually introduce myself as Dragos from Romania. Because that introduction opens a lot of doors for me. And most of those doors are the way out. <laughs> from Romania, Romania, the Mexico of Europe. <laughs> they tried to build a wall, we stole the bricks. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not yet normal, it's not yet normal to see comedians with a name like Dragos doing comedy in English, because Dragos is a very strong Eastern European name, right? I used to live in the UK for a while, and people in the UK could not pronounce Dragos. So I had to change my name to something a bit more British. So I changed my name to Rajesh. <laughs> but here's the problem, not even Google believes that my name is Dragos. Every time I put my name into Google, it gets autocorrected to Dragon. <laughs> so most of my emails look like this. Dear Mr. Dragon. <laughs> so I was gonna reply, please, there is no need for formalities. <laughs> Mr. Dragon is my father. Call me Rajesh. I'm trying to teach people a bit more about Romania, our background. And in Romania, we are a very special religion. We are Christian Orthodox. You guys know much about the Christian Orthodox religion? Yes. For those of you that don't much, let me explain it to you. See, you are Christian Orthodox when you believe in Jesus, but then Jesus doesn't believe in you. <laughs> It's funny because it hurts. <laughs> uh, the Russian people are Christian Orthodox. And the first time I did that joke on stage, this Russian gentleman came up to me and he said, You know, Mr. Dragon? <laughs> you know, that joke made me laugh here. <laughs> but made me cry here. <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because in Russia, not only does Jesus not believe in me, but even Jesus believes in Putin. <laughs> But I do talk about our religion because religion has taken a bit of a weird turn at the moment in Romania and Eastern Europe. You see, the majority of the priests have started to consider themselves entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes, so there's this one priest in my grandma's village who recently started a business. And that business was a car wash. <laughs> he called it the Holy Water Car Wash. <laughs> bit controversial because he had one monopoly on the holy water. But people went and they washed their car in holy water and he made a lot of money. He made so much money, he made so much money that he bought a Lamborghini. It's a lot of money, right? And no one said anything. Until one day a neighbor went up to him and said, You know, Holy Father, we understand that it's okay to make money. It's okay to have business. And it's okay to buy Lamborghini. But we only have one question for you. Why did you buy the Lamborghini Diablo? <laughs> that conflict of interest? 
Christian Orthodox, very conservative religion, and Romania used to be a communist country ruled by the Communist Party. And you know what they say about the Communist Party? Ain't no party. <laughs> I like the Communist Party. Because the Communist Party don't stop. <laughs> and they didn't, guys. Most of my friends and family suffered tremendously. What do you think happens when you have a very conservative religion like the Christian Orthodox religion come together with a conservative ideology like communism? When these two conservative things come together, weird things happen. And last year, Romania had a referendum to make gay marriage illegal. It's fucked up, right? You know what's even more fucked up? Gay marriage in Romania, already illegal. Just wanted to make it more illegal, right? Double down on that. You see? As I was growing up in, in Romania, my parents, they would always tell me growing up, they would always tell me, Dragos, all we want for you growing up, all we want for you is we want you to have a better life than what we had. We want you to have a better life than what we had. Which is very noble and very kind, but also extremely low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up moving away from Romania, I ended up moving to the UK, and this place in the UK where they don't speak English. <laughs> the place is called Manchester. Mancunians, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Couple British people. But it's very interesting, man, because when I went there, you know, I, uh, whenever we move to a country, you have to integrate, you try to integrate, right? And I was 18 at the time, and I thought to myself as an 18-year-old man, I was like, my first priority was to get me some of these British honey, right? These British girls. So I thought to myself, I am going to pick up these British girls using my patented Romanian pickup lines. <laughs> you know, the classic, hey, you want to come back to my house so I boil some cabbage for you? <laughs> Did not work. <laughs> Turns out, British girls not into boiling cabbage. <laughs> That's fine, because I've learned most of my English from TV in Romania, from Professor Scooby-Doo. So I thought to myself, I'm going to use my Scooby-Doo English to pick up these British girls. So I'd go up to these girls and I'd be like, Jinkies. <laughs> very, very hot. You want to come back to my mystery machine? And head back to my place and get some Scooby snacks? Maybe say hi to my good friend, Shaggy. <laughs> You know, sometimes he goes, zoinks. <laughs> Did not work, guys. Can you believe that? But that's fine, because when you're from Eastern Europe, when you deal with adversity, you do not give up. You overcome, right? So I did not give up. I just stepped my game up. And I started using Flintstone pickup lines. <laughs> so I'd go up to these girls and I'd be like, hey, girl, you're very, very hot. I want to yabba dabba. Do you? <laughs> you to come back to my place and bam, bam. <laughs> guys, worked. Twice. <laughs> See, if you persevere, you overcome adversity, right? When I was in the UK, I was trying to share, you know, interesting traditions from Romania with the British people. And here's my favorite Romanian tradition. This is my favorite Romanian tradition. In Romania, every time somebody dies, every time somebody dies, we make them a cake. <laughs> That's the tradition, right? We make them a cake. So you see, exactly, yeah, that's what it's called, Polina. So you see, as a young Romanian boy, I used to get so excited <laughs> every time somebody died. <laughs> because free cake, am I right? I was so excited, I even had a cake calendar. <laughs> I'd go around, visit my grandma's neighbors. I'd be like, hey there, Mr. Ivan. How's it going? <laughs> 
Are you uh, still drinking? You're still smoking? Good, good. Let's try to stay on schedule, okay? We got two kitties coming in this month. Let's try to integrate, man. But uh, you know, we don't, to the, we don't even move to a different country. You also have language barriers. Language barriers. When I was in the UK, the British lads, they would always come up to me and they would say, Dragosh, mate. Dragosh. Dragosh. Have you got a bird? Have you got a bird here in Manchester? Have you got a bird? Do you guys know what that means? It means, do you have a girlfriend? Now, I did not know that at the time. So my reply was, I don't have a bird here in Manchester. Uh, back in Romania, we have a small parrot. His, uh, his name is Mickey. Uh, Mickey sometimes sit on coffee cup and drink coffee, and then he fly around the house. But because too much coffee, Mickey have a heart attack. Yeah, Mickey dead now. So me and my mom, we make a small bird cake for him. And then my mom throw him in trash. Well, you see, there's language barriers in Romania at the moment as well, because there's a lot of people moving to Romania to study medicine. Do you guys know that? Very good medical schools, right? And I'm gonna teach a bit of Romanian tonight. Now, in Romanian, if you want to ask somebody for a light for your cigarette, for a light for your cigarette, you say the following thing. You say, I fuck. <laughs> Very simple, right? Now, my friend is from Nigeria, very smart guy, was in Bucharest, doesn't speak in Romanian, at a club one night, smoking a cigarette. And then this young lady comes up to him and she's like, I fuck. <laughs> He's like, excuse me? <laughs> She gets a bit aggressive. I fuck. <laughs> said, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. See, you're in luck because I happen to fuck too. <laughs> Language barriers everywhere, guys. Language barriers everywhere. But I still remember, you know, the first time I went to the UK, Manchester, I was just traveling as a tourist to check it out, right? And I remember my first experience there is I, I'm traveling in the city and I bump into this Polish couple. And they also travel. And I ask the Polish guy, hey man, you got any suggestions what I should visit here in Manchester? And the Polish guy says, you should go to the cemetery. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, why? And then his girlfriend says, free entry. <laughs> uh, little Polish travel hack there for you. Free entry, and if you try really hard, free jewelry. <laughs> A grave robbing enthusiast, I see. <laughs> yeah, but you see, like, there's also cultural barriers. Remember, slightly conservative, being slightly conservative, uh, going to the UK is a bit interesting because Manchester has the largest gay district in the UK, right? The largest gay district in the UK. That is where they have the cheapest drink. And as an Eastern European, my first thought cheap drinks, I must venture into danger. <laughs> this is my first night in the gay district in Manchester. Was two, two beers, one for me and one for my friend. And this gentleman approached me from behind and says, Is that second beer for me? I was like, no, it's for my friend, he paid for it. And then he says the following thing, he says, oh really, well how about now? And he does this. <laughs> Very seductive, like this, right? But I convert to my Christian Orthodox nature, my place. Okay, thank you very much, uh, very flattered. But I don't play hockey in that football court. Thank you. <laughs> but he turned to me and said something that I'll never forget. He said, oh, honey. Don't worry, I can tell you're new to Manchester. Let me teach you. In Manchester, it's not queer if it's once a year. You <laughs> see, so guys, when you have to do the countries, you have to adapt. You have to pay for that by their rules, right? 
Very interesting. But I gotta be honest, when I was in the UK, I did deal with a bit of discrimination, man. A bit of discrimination. It was 2012, and I was on Tinder. And my introduction on Tinder is usually, I am Dragos from Romania. Zero matches. <laughs> so I ended up removing that, and I ended up getting a date with a Spanish girl, right? And it was the best date ever for the first 20 minutes. And then 20 minutes in, I dropped a bomb on her. I thought, look, I am from Romania. Do you guys know what she did? She got up and she left. <laughs> True story. Didn't even pay for the bill. <laughs> yeah, good thing I uh, stole her wallet at the start. <laughs> But you see, it was a Spanish wallet, so it was empty. <laughs> I ended up spending a bit of time in the UK, and then I ended up moving from the UK to Estonia, a country called Estonia. Do you guys know much about Estonia? For those of you that don't know Estonia, let me explain Estonia to you. Estonia is kind of like Norway, if Norway was made in China. <laughs> Whenever I move to different countries, I try to make friends with the people of that country by sharing fun facts about Romania, right? So here's a fun fact about Romania. Romania has the largest population of bears in Europe. You know, bears like, roar! Not like Manchester bears, like, roar! <laughs> and the Estonian people are like, okay, okay, let me share a fun fact about Estonia. Estonia has highest rate of suicide in Europe. Uh, I don't think that's fun. <laughs> Right, let's try again. Here's another fun fact about Romania. Romania has the largest number of BMWs outside of Germany. <laughs> Don't worry about how they got there. <laughs> They're staying there. <laughs> but you see, that suicide statistic is a very controversial statistic because whenever I give that suicide statistic out, there's always one person in the audience from Finland. <laughs> come to me after the show and they say, that statistic is incorrect. <laughs> that statistic is incorrect. In Finland, in, Finla in Finland, we kill ourselves more. <laughs> and I was like, keep up the good work, guys. <laughs> you do you, right? But it's very interesting, you know, having lived in Estonia for a bit, the Nordic countries, I think Denmark kind of falls within that kind of scope. I understand why people in this part of the world, they tend to be a bit darker in their sense of humor, right? Because in this part of the world, it gets dark in the winter for nine months, right? And you only get about three hours of sunlight a day. It's terrible, right? And I, I, when I was in Estonia, I got a bit depressed in that darkness. Sound familiar? <laughs> and in that depression, I had the chance to look inside of myself, and I found something inside of myself I never knew I had. I found hope in Estonia. Do you guys know how I found hope in Estonia? It's because every morning I would get up, look at myself in the mirror and say, uh, I hope I don't kill myself today. <laughs> but it's very interesting, you guys are the same, huh? Alright, you'll, you'll, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> But well, you see, the, Estonia is an interesting country because the demography of Estonia, 70% of the country speaks Estonian and the other 30% speaks Russian, right? And when I, I noticed because at the time I went to H&M to buy a hairband for my hair and the girl on H&M was Russian, right? And I asked her, could you please tell me where can I find a hairband for my hair? And she says, you can find it in women section because it is for women. <laughs> I'm like, why so passive-aggressive, man? <laughs> so anyway, I ended up dating this girl. <laughs> yes, her name was Natasha from Russia. 
We had a good thing going on, about three months in, Natasha tells me, Dragos, Dragos, you have to stop traveling with your comedy bullshit. <laughs> I need commitment from my man. I need you to be here. I was like, ah, Natasha, I don't think this is gonna work out, man. I think we're gonna have to break up. You guys know what she said when I told her? She said, if you break up with me, if you break up with me, I am going to kill myself. <laughs> I said, like, whoa, this bitch is crazy. <laughs> so I took a couple of days because something very heavy. I thought about it, took a couple of days, and then I went back and I broke up with her. <laughs> Do you guys know what she did? She didn't kill herself. And I'm the one who can't commit. <laughs> Guys, three suicide jokes in a row, is that too dark? <laughs> Alright, I understand it might be too dark, so let's, let's tone it down a little bit. I'm gonna tell you a story about my favorite animal, the dog. Here's the story. There once was a dog. He was a very good dog. He was a good boy. And all he wanted to do is he wanted to work hard and put a roof over his head. But the economy was fucked. So he wasn't able to afford it. But that's fine, because he was a good dog and a good boy. And even though he wasn't able to afford the big roof that he wanted, he worked really, really hard, and he was able to get three small ones. So he wasn't able to get a big roof, but he was able to get a roof, roof, roof. <laughs> now I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, can I have my money back? <laughs> I didn't come here for this shit. <laughs> Guys, calm down. It's a cute joke to cleanse the plate of that suicide dart. <laughs> but I got some bad news for you. He couldn't afford the mortgage for his free roofs now, so he killed himself. <laughs> yes, the Danish people laughing at puppy suicide, good. But I ended up moving away from, uh, from Estonia, man. I ended up moving away to uh, Germany, Berlin, right? And when I moved to Germany, Berlin, I got a weird, weird, weird answer from the German. I told him I'm from Romania, and they'd be like, Oh, Dragos, you're from Romania? You're from Romania? Do you know this song? Do you know this song? My 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 Dragos, that song is from Romania, correct? Actually, it's from Moldova. We're not gonna take that away from them. They don't have much as it is. But the German people always ask me, Dragos, I know that song, my parents know that song, but we never know, what do the lyrics mean? What is that song about? Can you please translate for me? As you're in luck, I'm about to translate the song for you, right? But the lyrics are, Vrei să pleci, dar nu mă nu mă iei, nu mă nu mă iei, nu mă nu mă nu mă iei. And it literally translates to, literally translates to, you want to leave, but you won't take me with you. You want to leave, but you won't take me with you. So what's that song about? Well, it's basically a song about aggressive immigration. <laughs> I see you guys got the message, yeah? <laughs> Uh, but it's good, man. Believe me, I'm, I'm one of these immigrants that's currently trying to learn the language of the country they've emigrated to. Anybody here learning Danish? Yeah. yeah. A couple of guys, right? right. I'm doing pretty well so far. My German is coming along great. I'm level six on Duolingo. <laughs> Nailing it, right? I already have my favorite German words. My favorite German words are schmeckt and Frühstück. <laughs> for those of you who speak German, let me translate for you. Schmeckt means taste, something tastes good, and fruit means breakfast, breakfast. Schmeckt, 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 
The first time I heard the word schmeck, that sounded to me like the sound bubble in a Japanese comic when somebody's masturbating. How's your Friday evening, Hans? Well, I schmeck good. And then what? And then there was Frühstück everywhere. Schmeck the Frühstück, guys. The wonders of the German language. What's gonna happen next on Duolingo, right? You don't know. But uh, I gotta tell you, man, my favorite thing about Berlin, my favorite thing about Germany in general is the food. I love kebabs. <laughs> Berlin has the best kebabs in the world, man. The best kebabs in the world. And I've eaten so many kebabs that I can tell you how to identify if your kebab is going to be an excellent kebab upon entering the kebab establishment. <laughs> It's very easy. When you go to the kebab place, what you do is you do not buy a kebab, you sit in the door and you look very closely at the guy that's making the kebabs, right? And you look very closely over here at the knuckles. Now the secret is, the more hair on the knuckles, the better the kebab. Now if the guy has hair coming out from here, jackpot. You are going to have an amazing kebab. <laughs> but Berlin is a very international place, very multicultural as well. And I have a friend in Berlin, he's very international. His mom is from Mexico, and his dad is from Saudi Arabia. So my friend is a Mexican Muslim. <laughs> Effectively, kryptonite for all Americans. <laughs> Whenever he walks into the state, it's like the freedom of <laughs> Quite complex that kind of international marriage because you know when he was born his mom said my son needs to have at least three names like all Mexicans <laughs> but his dad said the only suitable name of my son is Mohammed <laughs> so they came to a compromise and his name is now Mohammed 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 Eminem Eminem or mmm good man uh, you know uh, Berlin Germany is very close to Poland so I go to Poland every now and then and uh, I went to Poland recently, and I'm staying at a hostel there, and I was very impressed with Polish engineering. It's really coming a long, far away, right? I walked into the bathroom of the Polish hostel, and the lights turn on. <laughs> so good for them, they got sensors now, right? <laughs> so I walk into the shower, I start showering, and then two minutes in, the lights turn off. <laughs> so I'm showering in the dark like a maniac. <laughs> And then this other Polish guy enters the bathroom. <laughs> and the lights turn on. He gets into the shower next to me. He starts showering. And two minutes in, the lights turn on. So there's me and a Polish guy showering in the dark. So I say to myself, this is the perfect moment to start a conversation. <laughs> So I turn to the Polish guy and I say, Hey man, crazy weather we're having, right? His reply, never speak to me again. Which is fair. But I do get to go to a couple places with this comedy thing. I recently went to Helsinki. Helsinki, very expensive country, much like here, right? How expensive? I was in the middle of Helsinki and this beggar comes up to me and says, Please sir, can I have nine euros? <laughs> Nine euros? Nine 
euros. Uh, friend, I don't send my family. <laughs> And I was on the tram just minding my own business and there suddenly all this older gentleman, white hair, white beard, looked a bit like Santa. He reaches out to me and says, hey, come over here, I want to show you something. So I automatically think to myself, he's probably going to show me his dick. But this is Helsinki and there's really not much to do. And I said to myself, alright, we're going to see Santa's penis. So I go over to this guy, and as expected, he put, his, he put his hand in his pocket and he takes out his phone. And on his phone, he shows me a picture of him dressed up as Santa next to Xi Jinping, the president of China. Points at Xi Jinping, he says, That's me. <laughs> that's not you, that's a Chinese man. No, 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 the guy next to him, ah, oh, okay, my bad. I was like, but sir, why are you telling me this? And then he points at me and he says, I'm telling you this because you are Chinese. <laughs> what? I was like, I'm not Chinese. I'm from Romania, but I live in Berlin. He says, oh, you live in Berlin. And then he puts his hand in his pocket and he shows me his stick. <laughs> Finland's a crazy place, man. <laughs> but they got a hierarchy in the Nordics as well. The hierarchy is the Finnish people. They emigrate to Sweden for better lives. And then the Swedish people, they emigrate to Norway for their lives. And then the Norwegians, they kill themselves. <laughs> Turns out, the only place better than Norway is heaven. <laughs> but I gotta tell you, man, when I went out to Norway, the thing that kind of struck me the most, everybody in Norway is beautiful, right? Beautiful people, a lot of mixed beautiful people. Mixed beautiful people. You have Norwegian, Romanian, Norwegian, Nigerian, Norwegian, Albanian. Which just goes to show you, the Norwegians, They'll fuck anybody. <laughs> but some families in Norway suffer financially, man. Some families in Norway suffer financially. Some families in Norway only have one Tesla. <laughs> per dog. <laughs> I like it, man. I went to Macedonia. Anybody here been to Macedonia before? <laughs> Macedonia, the capital of Macedonia is Skopje, and the first thing when you go to Macedonia, the first thing you notice is there's statues of horses everywhere. Statues of horses everywhere. So I was like, what the hell is happening here? So I did a bit of research, and it turns out that in Macedonia, they got a wrong, tra wrongly translated version of the Bible, a mistranslated version of the Bible. And in their version of the Bible, Jesus was a horse. <laughs> The story, the whole shebang, the 12 apostles are walking around with Jesus, they're feeding him carrots. <laughs> Scratching him behind the ear. <laughs> Jesus, what do you think about the gay marriage? <laughs> oh no, it's a homophobic horse. <laughs> Brokenhearted. It's good, man, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm living in Berlin now and I'm trying to teach, uh, you know, trying to teach the German people a bit more about, you know, Romanian inventions. And uh, my favorite Romanian invention is this one. Uh, in uh, 1827, this guy called Petrake Poenaru invented a fountain pen. You know, the pen used to write poetry with ink, right? So I thought to myself, you know, every invention is actually a solution, is the, is the solution to a problem. So I thought to myself, what problem was Petrake trying to solve? Because <laughs> he had his desk one night riding with a feather, and then the feather broke. And he's like, wife, please bring me another feather. And the wife is like, I can't, Petrake, we're running out of swans. <laughs> but on that note, did you guys know that the Russians invented the parachute? What problem were they trying to solve? <laughs> is there a situation in the plane at one point? Okay, Dimitri, go! 
Второй. Иван! Go! Сергей! Go! Hey, a small problem. You better invent something. I'm uh, running out of Russians. I'm going to do one more and then we're going to take a small break, guys, yeah? And, you know, when I first started doing comedy, uh, my parents always tried to be supported. My mom doesn't speak any English, right? My mom doesn't speak any English. But she does come to some of my shows. And this one time, like, one of the first shows I did, I did this joke. Not a very sophisticated joke. It's a bit of a lowbrow joke. Let's see if you guys get it, right? The joke was, this is what I imagine a very good Friday night on Tinder to end like for me. This is the joke. Oh. <laughs> did you guys get it? Not a very sophisticated joke, for those that did not get it, I am hitting someone's face with my penis. <laughs> not sophisticated, right? But my mom comes to me after the show, remember, she doesn't speak any English. She comes to me after the show and says, Dragos, I don't understand much about your comedy. I don't understand much. But tonight, my favorite joke, my favorite joke is that one joke where you're putting on makeup. <laughs> Let's, uh, let's try to interact a bit more. We, uh, we found out a bit more about me for uh, the first half. Let's find out a bit more about you guys now, yeah? Where, where are you guys from here? Argentina. Okay, both of you. Mexico. Mexico? Oh, so you, uh, you have uh, tres nombres? <laughs> okay, uh, my Spanish is coming along bueno. That's uh, not to brag. Okay, and how did you guys, how did you guys love, have you been, how long have you been here? Uh, I have been here for three years and a half. Okay, you speak the Danish? No. Don't learn it? Sounds like terrible. Okay. <laughs> nice, so what do you, how did you guys end up here? What was the decision process? You're like, hmm... Like, uh, uh, coming here, like, to Denmark. Oh, well, long story. <laughs> oh my god, so basically it was a, it was a man. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> So, that was a very short story, wasn't it? <laughs> long story short, alright. Is he, is he still in the picture? No. Yeah. <laughs> so the guys, all right? As, what, do, I, do I direct people your way or not? No, 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 no. I now have a Danish boyfriend. Oh, okay. I so, don't know what it's worth. But the previous one wasn't Danish. What? The previous one no, wasn't was Danish. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's why you went wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're go in there. Okay, cool. What about you guys over there? Where are you guys from? Well, it's a mix. Uh, Argentina as well. Okay, so the Argentinians represent up here. Yeah, right? we have like a, yeah. Okay, so you guys were part of the same class, the How to Leave Argentina. <laughs> long, long ago, so yeah. You are? I'm Italian. Oh, Italian. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that anymore. Okay. <laughs> where, where in Italy are you from? The little Corona joke there? <laughs> guys, if anybody has Corona here, I'm sa I've got to say, we all have it now, okay? Might as well laugh Alright, where, where are you leaving? Trieste, so up north. Trieste. Oh, Trieste. Is he also, that guy's Italian, Trieste? <laughs> no, I also come from Tri Trieste, well, yeah. Oh, each guys, maybe you should guys have a drink after this. Did you guys, uh, where? She's like, the, the girlfriend's like, no. <laughs> He's coming home with me. He has work in the morning. <laughs> so you also Italian, so yeah? Yes. Any other Italians here? Yeah. No, they don't want to identify. <laughs> yeah, no, I did a couple of shows in Italy. I did a show in Milan, Rome, and Naples, right? And uh, basically, you kind of see the different types of Italians, right? You see, like, you know, the artistic Italians, and then you have the cartoonish Italians, you know? <laughs> but the Naples, bro, the most. The most, is the most, like, Naples is like a caricature of Italians, right? It's like literally there's this guy on a Vespa riding a pizza. <laughs> Sorry, on, on a pizza riding a Vespa. <laughs> you guys get it, right? No, there was one, there's one guy actually walking his dog, a true story, walking his dog, and then the dog stops walking, he turns on his dog, it's like, <laughs> 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 
And I swear to God, the dog is like, man. <laughs> Naples is very fun, man. Like, uh, and, uh, do you have a Italian name? No, my name? Yeah, is it Francesca? Is it? No, no, it's Nicole. So it's not oh, okay, not, not, not at all. Okay, okay, this point. No, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I work with... Uh, mostly men. <laughs> 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 I work with mostly men. Exactly. Alright, and yourself, sir? You are from also Italian? Uh, no, sir. I'm from India. Okay, okay, well, uh, I should have I should let you speak first, because I'm like... That's the sound Italian. <laughs> nice, so uh, where, how did you end up here? Uh, so I'm working over here. I'm an IT consultant. Okay, well that is, you know, staying within the stereotypes, perfect. <laughs> First you gotta make the jump to Denmark, and then you make the jump out of the stereotypes, yeah? And you're here with your lovely girlfriend? Yeah. Who, who is? I'm Bulgarian. Bulgarian, okay, nice. How did you guys meet each other? You say? <laughs> oh, come on, uh, Tinder, how come you say Tinder? No. Tinder? No. Your computer broke. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like, well, I have to. How, how did you guys meet? Yeah, in a, in a cloud conference. A cloud conference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was this cloud nine? <laughs> so you're both working in IT then, yeah? Yeah, I So you can kind of say your, your computer did kind of break, right? And you guys, I don't know, you're from Hong Kong, and you are from... I'm Danish. Oh, Danish, alright, nice. Okay, how did you guys meet? The Hong Kong Danish cocktail of cultural... <laughs> Well, we met um, during like politics. Um, you know. During politics, <laughs> you were in Hong Kong for the protest. <laughs> I was there, free Hong Kong. She's like, I like this guy. <laughs> He's saying all the right things. <laughs> Is that how you guys met? It's related to like the Hong Kong protests. Yeah, okay. In Denmark. In Denmark, oh, you guys are protesting for Hong Kong in Denmark, yeah. and he was like, you know what? Have you ever been to Hong Kong, sir? Uh, no, I haven't been. Okay, but you just felt really strongly about Hong Kong freaking <laughs> But it's just like your, your standard approach for picking up girls. I wonder if anybody is protesting for Venezuela. But, uh, about to make this a good day. <laughs> Alright guys, well look, we kind of learned a bit more about yourself, but let's kind of pick it up from when we left it off, right? When I kind of, uh, when we left our hero, I had just moved over to Berlin, right? Berlin, Germany. And I gotta say, man, as a Romanian, moving over to Germany was a very important moment for me. Because as a Romanian, moving to Germany meant that I finally get to become European. <laughs> European. And the German people were like, yeah, yeah, you can be European, but the East European. <laughs> There you go, good boy, have some for Because you see, my identity is like a Pokemon, right? I start off as Romanian, I evolve into Eastern European, maybe one day European. Right? But I've come to terms with my Eastern European identity, and I'm now a proud East European. I am proud to be East European. So I thought to myself, I am going to go and hang out with my Eastern European brothers and sisters. So I went to Poland. So I was like, guys, Poland, Romania, Eastern European brothers and sisters, right? And the Polish people were like, uh, nah. <laughs> no. Actually, in Poland, we are Central Europe. <laughs> okay, you can take that Eastern Europe and go hang out with Ukraine and Moldova, right? Okay. Because, you know, apparently it's no longer cool to be Eastern European, right? 
Who's never called the Eastern European? <laughs> Everybody's running away from the Eastern European identity. Everyone. When I was in Estonia, the Estonians were like, oh, in Estonia, we are the Nordics. <laughs> Biggest laugh I got in Sweden. <laughs> the Polish people, oh, we are Central Europe. I even went to Serbia. And I was like, guys, Romania, Serbia, come on, Eastern Europe, yeah? And the Serbian response was like, uh, actually, in Serbia, we are West Balkans. <laughs> West Balkans? What the fuck is a West Balkans? <laughs> Guys, stop making your own alcohol, okay? <laughs> this is what's happening, man. Everybody's running away. Everybody's running away from the Eastern European identity, from the Eastern European label. What am I supposed to do? I am from the East of Romania. <laughs> so that's fine, because I thought about it long and hard, and I would like to announce that I'm currently working with the governments of Eastern Europe on a rebranding project. <laughs> we figured it out. We're rebranding to West Asia. <laughs> Asian brothers and sisters, yeah? Figure it out. Already figure out a national dish. It's gonna be uh, pickled cabbage leaf stuffed with curry. <laughs> Made it, right? But, uh, everybody's running away from the Eastern European identity, man. Everybody's running away. But you can't trick me. Because I can always identify the Eastern Europeans. And you might be Eastern European, and you don't even know it. <laughs> Let me tell you how to identify these three Europeans. It's very easy. All you have to do is look into the eyes of the person next to you and see if they have that thing at the back of their eyes. That thing that all Eastern Europeans have. See if it's there at the back of their eyes. That, that forever sadness <laughs> that all Eastern Europeans have, right? Doesn't matter how far you've made it. Doesn't matter how great life is. It's always there, lingering, right? You don't believe me? Look at the most famous Eastern European of all. Look at Melania Trump. You can always see the sadness in her eyes. Doesn't matter how far she's made it, doesn't matter how white the house is. It's always there. You know, if you look at her, she's telling you with her eyes, I know that you might think I've won, but as an Eastern European, even when I win, I lose. <laughs> and I can always identify the Eastern Europeans, man, because uh, it's very easy. Whenever Eastern Europeans meet each other, there's a secret game that we instinctively play with each other, right? It's a secret game that all Eastern Europeans play together. The name of the game is, let's see who had the shittiest childhood growing up. <laughs> It's a game that all Eastern Europeans play, man. All Eastern Europeans play. It's very interesting. When I was in Estonia, the Estonian people were like, when I was growing up in Estonia, all I had to eat were potatoes. When I went to Poland, the Polish people were like, when I was growing up in Poland, all I had to eat were smaller potatoes. <laughs> As a Romanian, my reply is always, well, did you have to steal those potatoes, motherfucker? <laughs> And then cascades into the second game that Eastern Europeans play together. This game is called Let's See Who Can Drink and Forget the Most. <laughs> Let me tell you, most of you guys really want to forget, right? But I gotta say, man, I've, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've tempered down my drinking because you see, I am a sad drunk. I'm a sad drunk, right? Anyone else here a sad drunk? The Polish person, yes. <laughs> 
But you see, I have a lot of American friends, and most of my American friends are a special kind of drunk. Most of my American friends, they are the motivational speaker drunk. <laughs> Do you guys know the special kind of drunk? Yeah? Whenever they, get, whenever they get drunk, they start giving me the speech. Hey, Dragos, man. Dragos, it doesn't matter, man, if you're from Romania. It doesn't matter, Dragos, if you're from Eastern Europe. Dragos, in life, if you work hard, and if you study hard, if you work hard, and if you study hard, Dragos, then you can have your cake and eat it, too. Have my cake and eat it, too. See, my American friend, you see, this is where ideologies clash. Where you see, in order for me to have my cake, I need to die. <laughs> so you see, my American friend, I can only have your kid. <laughs> no drag, she doesn't matter. Alright, calm down, okay? Calm down. But you see, I am no stranger to the motivational speaker drunk. For as it happens, my grandpa used to be a motivational speaker drunk. My grandpa was an Eastern European Romanian motivational speaker drunk. And motivations are rather different in Eastern Europe, right? So my grandpa would get drunk, his speech would be a drago. In life, you have to work hard, you have to study hard. And if you work hard, and if you study hard, drago, then you can have horse. <laughs> grandpa, I can have a horse? No, no, not horse. But horse. Horse. Oh, oh. Okay, Grandpa, I'm six. <laughs> but I will do my best to get to this horse. <laughs> because the philosophy is different in different parts of the world, right? You know, in the West, in America, the philosophy has always been go, follow your dreams. You know, in Asia, the philosophy is go, follow my dreams. <laughs> be a doctor, be an engineer. In Eastern Europe, the philosophy is follow. <laughs> no dreams. So I recently went back to Romania and my, uh, my high school friend is now uh, 31 and he has a six-year-old and I see the six-year-old go to my friend and say Daddy, Daddy, when I grow up I want to be an astronaut. And my friend turns to him and says, okay, but what about bus drivers? <laughs> More chairs, less space. <laughs> Man, it's uh, quite complex, quite complex, because, you know, that is how it is. Different parts of the world, different philosophy, right? And uh, Eastern European men specifically, we are uh, living hard because we have an inbuilt handicap, right? Eastern European men, we are unable to properly express emotions. Right? See the Polish lady? <laughs> it's quite true, actually, I found this out that it's not just for Romanians. I found out, you know, Romanians are part of this group of part of, this bigger part of people called Eastern European people, right? And I found this out when I went to Poland, right? So I was doing a show in Poland, and I was doing like here, 30 minutes, break, 30 minutes, right? And at the break, this Polish guy comes up to me, and he says, Hey, you know, uh, your show today, very okay. <laughs> your show today, very okay. I was like, uh, thank you, man, but that is not how you use very. It's either very good or very bad. No, 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 your show today, very okay. Very okay. Actually, your show today is so very okay that I will wait until the end when everybody leave and I will stay and I will help you fold these chairs <laughs> and put them away. Because that is how Eastern European men show emotion for Eastern European men. For a metaphor of manual labor. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for the offer, man, but I don't work here, okay? <laughs> They're gonna do that at the end. No, 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 you don't understand. I will wait until the end of the show, 
And you and me, we are going to fold these chairs together. Understand? Whoa. Sounds like a threat. <laughs> so you see, I spent 30 minutes at the end of my show in Poland folding chairs with this random Polish guy. <laughs> because my show, but okay. Are you okay, sir, there? Yeah, I'm fine. Are you gonna tear up a bit? <laughs> Where are you from? I'm Greek. Oh, Greek, okay, so you understand a bit of the, 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 the hardship, yeah? But it's true, man. The thing is, like, uh, you know, I've come to terms that this is a handicap that I have. So, for this year, my New Year's resolution, for this year, my New Year's resolution is to express more emotions, right? Yeah, there you go. See, I have a bit of African inside me as well. <laughs> or I hope to get. <laughs> but, you know, I'm trying to express more emotion, but it's not easy. Even expressing emotion is quite difficult, right? So, I, I gotta start off slow. So, I'm starting off by giving compliments. But even giving compliments is quite difficult. So, I've devised a strategy. You see, I now only give compliments using the singular of nouns. Let me give an example. The young lady over here. Nice eye. <laughs> The young lady here, nice ear. Makes it a lot easier for me to give compliments that way, right? But you know, I found out that this way of giving compliments using the singular noun actually helps protect you from any form of sexual harassment allegations. See, if you go to a girl and you're like, hey, nice shoulder. It's not sexual harassment. It's just weird. Did that guy sexually harass I don't know. Honestly, I think he's just into shoulder. <laughs> but does that get that that does get me to trouble every now and then? Because every now and then I go over to a girl and I'm like, hey, nice eyebrow. She's like, nice eyebrow? What do you mean? What's what's wrong with the other one? What's wrong with the other one? Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with the other one. As a matter of fact, it's very okay. <laughs> Complex man. I'm not very good. I'm not very good at picking up signals from girls as well. I was on a date once with this girl. Uh, it was like uh, 7 p.m. in the evening, and she says, "Dragush, I am uh, gonna go buy some grapes." I'm like, okay, go buy grapes. <laughs> she comes out with a pack of grapes, and she says, "Dragush, I really wish I had somewhere to wash these grapes at." And apparently, that was my signal to invite her over. But because I am the ever-practical Eastern European man, my reply was, It's raining outside, just pull out here and shake! So like, no need to go home, we do it now, you know? Needless to say, nobody washed any grapes then. Yeah, man, as I'm turning 30 now, I feel like I'm uh, no longer able to connect with this younger uh, generation, this 25, 24-year-old girls. I can't connect, man. Let me tell you why. Because these younger generation girls, they don't know how to write. They don't know how to write with pen and paper, right? They don't know how to write. I was, uh, I asked this girl the other day, can you, uh, this German girl, right? Can you, uh, write down your number for me? She takes a piece of paper, she writes something, she gives it to me. I look at it, and she wrote, no. <laughs> Those are not numbers. Those are letters. Please try again. So I give her back the piece of paper to this German girl, she turns it back and she writes something. She gives it to me, and this time she does write a number, but it was nine. <laughs> <laughs> Level seven on Duolingo, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you might be thinking to yourself, Dragos, you uh, painted a bit of a negative picture of Eastern Europe so far. Is that okay? Is that okay? Look guys, we understand that, you know, the core philosophy in Eastern Europe is that life is hard, right? Life is hard. 
But it's not all that bad. We understand that even though it's hard now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Good times are coming. Life is hard now, but good times are coming. And this is why every family in Eastern Europe, we prepare for the good times in our homes. We prepare for the good times by having a nice set of plates ready. <laughs> we have a nice set of plates ready for when the good times come, right? We don't use them, we keep them there for when the good times come. 18 years I've lived in Romania. Never have we used these fucking plates. Never. Two years ago, my grandma died. We got the plates out. Everybody had a bit of cake. Huh? Moral of the story, life stops being hard when you die. But it's not all that bad, man. Things are getting better every day in Eastern Europe. Things are getting better every day. Which is why I was so happy to see the first Eastern European representation in a big Hollywood movie, right? In Harry Potter. You guys remember this? In Harry Potter, in Harry Potter, there's, the, there's this uh, spell. They do this spell in the scene. They do this spell. The spell is Regardium Leviosa. And they left the feather, right? If you look very close to that scene at the back, there's two guys doing Regardium Leviosa. <laughs> and they levitate a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Look how heavy that sack is, right? <laughs> we are getting more and more representation, man. Every day things are getting better because actually, this week Instagram introduced a new filter to their collection called Eastern Europe. <laughs> Did you guys check it out? Man, you gotta check it out after the show. What happens is you add the filter and it removes joy from the eyes. <laughs> you heard of red eye? This removes that pesky joy. <laughs> But you know, regardless of things, how great things are getting, I always hear at the back of my mind the same question, the same question, am I having a better life than what my parents had? Am I having a better life, right? And this is why I try to take advantage of all the opportunities that come my way. This is why I'm here tonight, right? And this one time I had the opportunity to go and work in Japan for like three years. And I went and I took that opportunity, right? And I went to Japan, I worked for three years there, and I gotta tell you, Japanese people, they're very, very polite, but also very, very sexually frustrated. <laughs> Very. I was on a train in Japan my first day, holding onto a rail, all of a sudden I feel, I feel from behind. I was like, oh, that's not too bad. Manchester also came with a finger. But Japanese people, they're so polite, they're so polite that when I got off that train, I checked my pocket, and there was a $20 bill in my pocket. And a Hello Kitty sticker. But there's also cultural barriers in Japan, cultural barriers, and I had a friend of mine in Japan, her name is, she's Japanese and her name was Orie, Orie. And Orie came up to me one day and said, Dorago-san, Dorago-san, Dorago-san. <laughs> Dorago-san, I need your help, Dorago-san. I was like, what's up, Orie-san? Well, Dorago-san, you see what happened is, I am talking to this guy on Tinder, and recently we moved conversation from Tinder to WhatsApp. So you know it's getting serious, yeah? <laughs> Clearly, hit home. <laughs> you know, it's getting serious. I mean, Dragosan, I don't understand. This guy recently sent me a message and I don't understand. Dragosan, can you please help me understand this message? Dragosan, this guy is a Westerner. Can you help me? Dragosan, you are a Westerner, correct? <laughs> of course. Of course. I am the most West of all. <laughs> Oh, let me solve my people's problems. So I got the phone, it's a message from a British guy. And the message was, can I send you a dick pic? 
Dragosan, Dragosan, I don't understand. Is this Western tradition? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's indeed a Western tradition. <laughs> but actually, Oriasa, check this out. Actually, this guy, this guy here, this guy, if you know anything about this Western tradition, you'll know that this guy is actually a gentleman. Yes, because, you know, in this Western tradition, you don't ask, you send. Yeah. <laughs> Lunchtime, preferably. <laughs> so they're married now. They got two kids. So how I met your mother, guys. I politely asked if I could send her a dick pic. You know, people always ask me, people always ask me, Dragos, you know, you lived in Japan for like three years now. Three years. What do you miss about Japan, man? Do you miss the people? Do you miss the culture? You miss the food. Guys, I miss the toilets. <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys know this, but Japanese toilets, they're very, very advanced, right? When you sit on a Japanese toilet, there's a remote control on the side. And on this remote control, there's a button. And if you press that button on this Japanese toilet, if you press that button on the remote, water should sup directly into your butt. But these Japanese toilets, they're so advanced, they're so advanced that on that remote control, there's a second button. And this button controls the pressure of the water. And it has five levels of strength. Five levels of strength. So I found myself sitting on this Japanese toilet, looking at that remote control, and the only thing going from my mind was, the only thing going from my mind was, I want to have a better life. I want to have a better life. So I turned that water pressure up to five. Turned that pressure up to five. I pressed that button on. And when that water hit my butt, when that water hit my butt, I became the most Japanese that I have ever been. Because when that, when that water hit my butt, my reaction was, oh, I get it now. I get it. It's not queer if it's once a year. Oh, I understand. But it doesn't end there. Because these Japanese toilets, they're so advanced that they have a third button. And this third button controls the mode of the toilet. It has two modes, male and female. And remember, I want to live a better life. I want to live a better life. So I activated the female mode on myself, a male body. Now, do you guys know what happens when you activate the female mode on a male body? The water shoots directly into your balls. And it's very difficult for me to explain how that feels. But let me give it a go. I want to take you on a journey. I want you guys to imagine that it's spring here in Denmark. So basically June, yeah? And you're in a meadow full of green grass. And there's birds flying all over. They're blue-chested sparrows, yeah? And one of the birds lands on the edge of a fountain. And the water is just perfect. Dips his beak in it. And then the bird decides to bathe its whole chest in the water. And that is exactly the same sound I made on that toilet. <laughs> when that water hit my balls. <laughs> Guys, Japanese toilets, Christian Orthodox approved. <laughs> it is my opinion that that is the only water that deserves the name holy water. <laughs> 
But I spent a bit of time in Japan and then I moved to Singapore. I don't know if you guys know much about Singapore, but Singapore is what would happen if, J if Japan as a country had a baby with Germany as a country. And they abandoned that baby in the forest. <laughs> but this is contemporary Germany and Japan having a baby, not 1940s Germany and Japan having a baby. Because if 1940s Germany and Japan had a baby, oh boy, that would be a scary baby. And that baby would grow up to become North Korea. <laughs> Well, the Singaporeans are very pragmatic people. What they do in Singapore is they legalize and tax everything. So actually, prostitution is legal in Singapore, but watching porn is illegal. Because you can't tax Frühstück. <laughs> <laughs> prostitution in Singapore is legal in a building called Orchard Towers, right? Orchard Towers. The locals also refer to this building as the four floors of whores. <laughs> Remember that. And I had to go renew my passport to travel the region, so I had to go renew my passport at the Romanian Embassy in Singapore, right? And as it happens, the Romanian Embassy in Singapore is in a building called Orchard Towers. <laughs> this is true. I went through my passport, and what I found was four floors of horse and one of Romanian diplomacy. <laughs> the only embassy in the world where you can get a visa and a herpes at the same time. <laughs> I walked out of that building looking behind me and I said, Grandpa, you're right. We can have horse. But Singapore is very multicultural, very multicultural, very international. I actually had a friend in Singapore, he's very multicultural, right? My friend, his mom is from Mexico and his dad is from Saudi Arabia. So my friend is a Mexican Muslim. See, effectively, kryptonite for all Americans. <laughs> And when he was born, his parents had a dilemma, right? Because his mom said, my son needs to have at least three names like all Mexicans. But his dad said, the only suitable name for my son is Mohammed. <laughs> so they came to a compromise, and my friend's name is now Mohammed, Mohammed, Mohammed. <laughs> Eminem, Eminem. <laughs> but I ended up uh, moving away from Singapore back to Germany. This time when I came back to Germany, something weird happened. When I came back to Germany, the German people were like, oh, Dragos, you're from Romania? You're from Romania? My dog is from Romania. I was like, what the fuck? Do you guys know about this? Apparently, at the moment in Germany, there's this trend where German people are adopting dogs from Romania into Germany on this new refugee dog visa. <laughs> so one of my German friends got one of these Romanian dogs, and she was like, Drago, she, I don't know what to do with this dog. I have this Romanian dog, and I have to re-educate the dog. Yes, I have to teach him how to sit. I have to teach him how to roll over. He already knows how to beg. <laughs> I'm done, guys. I'm allowed to do that job, right? And I thought about that, because actually when I was growing up in Romania, there were a lot of dogs running the streets, right? Because that's the difference between communism and post-communism. In communism, everybody has jobs. In post-communism, there's dogs everywhere, right? And I remember this episode, I was coming back from kindergarten, I was about like five. I was walking home, and there's this guy on the corner of the street wearing a trench coat next to a bush. And he's like, hey, kid, come here. Come here. And I'm like, no, sir, I've seen enough American television to know where this is going. Okay? I don't know, kid, listen up. You like, uh, you like puppies? I'm listening. <laughs> so I follow this guy into the bushes, and a lot of people think I get molested in this story. But I don't. What happens is the guy opens his trench coat, and it's a trench coat full of puppies. Aww. He gives me one puppy, and I go away. Didn't get molested. I mean, he was naked under the puppies. <laughs> But nothing happened, right? <laughs> but I grew up
up in Romania on a farm in Romania. My best friend on this farm was a cow. Her name was Twinkle the Cow. Steluza in Romania. And the good thing about having a best friend as a cow is the cows are kind of like dogs. They're full of energy. They jump around. You can milk them if times are hard. And just like dogs, they have a wet nose. But it's ten times bigger than that of a dog, right? It's a massive wet nose. So you can put your face on it and be like, ah, friendship. But times were tough, and we had to eat Twinkle. Very sad, right? But it was one of the most delicious friendships I've ever had. Went from Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to Boil Boil Bovine Borsch. But you see, the first time I told that story, I told it in Berlin, and it was a vegan restaurant. <laughs> Nobody told me, and then people got offended. And I don't necessarily want to offend people, so I was like, man, how can I solve this situation? How can I tell my farm life stories without offending anybody, right? Because, you know, things happen to animals in the farm. So I thought to myself, I found a solution. You know what I'm going to do when I tell these farm life stories? I'm going to take the animal out of the equation and I'm going to replace it with a vegetable. <laughs> so, let me, let me explain. So you see, when I was growing up in Romania, I grew up on a farm. And my best friend was a potato. <laughs> and the good thing about potatoes is potatoes, they're full of energy, right? They jump around, you can milk potatoes. You like, Dragos, you milk potatoes? Bro, I've milked almonds, okay? Now, soy is the trick you want to milk. But you see, potatoes, they get old. And when potatoes get old, you have to take an axe and you have to hit the potato in its potato forehead. And then the potato falls to the ground like a bag of cows. Now, in Romania, we have a tradition for Christmas. The whole family for Christmas gathers around a pumpkin. And we make pumpkin pie. That's a tradition, right? Now, 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 now. The sound that the pumpkin makes, the sound the pumpkin makes, the sound that the pumpkin makes is oink, oink. Are we all on the same pumpkin page here? Okay, now, so the tradition is, we all gather around a pumpkin, and then the oldest person in the family grabs a knife, and then they start carving the pumpkin, carving the pumpkin, right? And then they section the pumpkin, and you get to carry parts of the pumpkin to the kitchen to make pumpkin sausage, okay? But this one year, it was my brother's turn to carve the pumpkin. He didn't know this in the art of pumpkin carving. So he takes the knife and a lot of energy, and he carves the pumpkin, right? So we go have some shots of alcohol, because we're 12, and then uh, we thought the pumpkin was carved, but it turns out the pumpkin was just playing carved. So while we were drinking, the pumpkin got up and rolled away. Guys, there were seeds everywhere. Seeds everywhere. I had to chase that pumpkin for two kilometers. Yes. We also make a tomato uh, salad in Romania. 
Not as much. Do you feel? I don't feel much about the tomato as a vegetable, but it's a very defensive vegetable, right? If you get close, try to jump at you. So you have to kick the tomato on the chest. If you want to make the salad, you have to take the tomato by the stem, put it on your leg, cut the stem off. I'm gonna go around like it juices the place up. Why did the tomato cross the road? Because I was trying to make ketchup out of it, that's fine. Not into vegetable humor? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I actually have to, uh, I have to talk to my mom. My mom is still in Romania, so I have to talk to her every now and then. And I have to talk to her on Facebook, right? And I have to teach, I have to talk, I have to teach my mom how to use Facebook a while back. And my mom uses her Facebook wall like an actual wall. Let me explain. When she first got her Facebook wall, she put up a picture of me. Then she put up a picture of my brother. And then she put up three pictures of Jesus. I guess we know who her favorite son is now, yeah? The son of God. But my mom found out, she's very adventurous. She found out that Facebook has a feature where they recommend you friends. It's a button, right? Now, do you know what happens if you add a friend that Facebook recommends you? Facebook recommends you another friend. And then they recommend you another friend. So my mom now has 5,000 friends on Facebook. But something happens when you reach 5,000 friends. When you reach 5,000 friends, that's a maximum of friends they can have, right? So Facebook will send you a message saying, if you'd like to interact with more people, you now have to start a fan page. So my mom now has a Facebook fan page. And she has more friends than I do. But it doesn't end there because the algorithm is weird. And as my mom kept adding friends, Around friend 3,000, Facebook started recommending my mom Indian friends. So my mom has about 2,000 Indian friends slash fans on Facebook, right? Now, how do, I, how do I know this? It's because one Sunday, my mom sends me a message. The message is, Dragos, do you know where I can buy curry powder in turmeric in Bucharest? I'm like, what the fuck? It's like, why do you need turmeric, mom, and curry powder? She's like, well, Dragos, I was talking to Priyanka the other day. Who the fuck is Priyanka? Who the fuck is Priyanka? So you see, Facebook has been very beneficial for my mom because she's learning how to cook exotic dishes, she's making international friends, and she's currently arranging me a marriage. I have to go back for Christmas to meet Priyanka, right? I'm excited, actually. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was cute like that because I went back a couple of months ago. It was about three months ago. My mom wakes me up in the morning. She says, Dragos, I have made breakfast for you and your brother. Come, I have made for you Muslims with milk. What? Muslims with milk? What? Yes, Dragos, come, come. I have made Muslims with milk for you. Said, Muslims with milk? How long have I been away? Hey, Dragos, stop kidding around. Your Muslims are getting cold, okay? I was like, Mom, can you put a blanket on those Muslims to like, figure out what's happening here? Do you guys know what she's talking about? Muesli, exactly, exactly, because she couldn't pronounce it. Oh, Muslims with milk, bring them over. Yeah, I love them. Uh, it's very funny, but like you see my mom, I have because uh, I told you guys about two years ago, my grandma died, right? She died and we buried her in the grave with like an entry level grave with like dirt, yeah, cake, you know, the whole shebang, you know, good times. I mean, not good times, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> Uh, and then my mom sends me a message about a year ago and says, Dragos, 
can you please send some money back home? Because we need to renovate grandma's grave. Coffin emoji. Coffin emoji? I was like, mom, you're getting very good at this Facebook thing. That's an excellent use of emoji. Very good. But I asked her, mom, why, why do we have to renovate the grave? Pardon my French, but I thought it was fresh, you know? I said, what's happened is a family of rabbits have moved in and have made the grave their home. Very cute, right? But these rabbits are bringing their carrots over and they're bringing their lettuce over and the whole grave looks like a fucked up salad, right? So I sent some money back home to my mom and my mom murders the rabbits, okay? Yeah, rabbit emoji, coffin emoji, okay? And I completely forget about this. I completely forget about this. About three months ago, my mom out of nowhere sends me a message and it's a picture of a very nice looking grave with the message, you did this. Thank you, Grandpa next. I was like, whoa, okay. It's kind of like a weird Yelp review for a Craigslist assassin, right? I gotta tell you a story, man. Before my grandma died, before my grandma died, she actually had a massive problem in the countryside of Romania where she lived. In the countryside of Romania, my grandma had a problem. Her problem was she used to have an infinite amount of cats in her attic. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but the gestation period for a cat is about three months, which means that every three months, a cat can have up to eight kittens. Now, there is one cat, eight cats, eight cats. Quickly becomes cats to the power of eight. <laughs> And that is not sustainable. But my grandma had a solution to this problem. What my grandma used to do, what my grandma used to do is she would take the baby kittens, she would put them in a bag, and then she would throw them in the river. Fucked up, right? I agree. Now, I was in Berlin talking to this German girl, and I was telling her this story in an act of flirting. <laughs> because that is how I flirt. <laughs> this German girl doesn't even twitch a second. She just says, oh, Dragos, I think your grandma was very inefficient. <laughs> I said, like, oh my God, how so? Very simple, Dragos. You see, if I was your grandma, if I was your grandma, what I would do, what I would do is I would take the pregnant cat, put it in a bag, and then throw it in the river. You see, Dragos, you have to solve the problem at its core. It's a lot more efficient that way. I was like, you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. You gotta hand it to the German people. They really know how to exterminate. Guys, guys, I did that joke all over Germany and it doesn't work. But, uh, but it kills in Poland. So after that joke, I now live in Macedonia. <laughs> but regardless how many places I've been, how many things I've seen, I always hear at the back of my mind the same question, the same question. Am I having a better life than what my parents had? Am I having a better life? So in search for this answer, I came back to religion. And I am currently rereading the Bible. <gasps> Anybody here reading the Bible? All right, a bunch of pagans. Cool, 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 cool. And I'm on this, uh, which by the way, the Bible, 3.6 on Amazon. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
the Quran 4.8, just saying. Just saying. I figure people will stop ruining the ending for the Bible. Jesus died for your sins, man. Spoilers, bro. Spoilers. But I want this part of the Bible which is very valuable lesson. The lesson is love thy neighbor, right? Very valuable lesson, very valuable lesson. But I've learned in my search for a better life that the most important lesson that you can learn is to love thyself, right? Once you learn how to love thyself, then you can have a better life, right? And I found out that if you love thyself two to three hours before you love thy neighbor, the love just lasts longer. Isn't that what we want in the world? More love. So love thyself and then love thy neighbor is my message for you, right? And on that note, guys, that is the end of my show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time. If you did have a good time, please do take the time to leave a review for me on Facebook. It's the only way I can get the word out. Believe it or not, there's not a lot of agents looking for remaining comedians out there. <laughs> Not a lot, right? If you did not like the show, please kindly submit a ticket with my customer support. My mom handles all my tickets. It's a bit of a backlog, right? And then usually what I do is the first time I started doing uh, these shows, I was doing ads on Facebook, posting in groups, and the first uh, comment on one of the posts was, a Romanian comedian doing comedy in English? Well, that sounds like a scam. <laughs> much of a scam. I kind of have to prove that it was not a scam. I usually take a small video of the audience. Is that okay with you guys? Okay, if it's not okay with you okay, okay, guys, just let me know. I will uh, edit your face in post-production with Fruishtuk. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot for coming out. Uh, yeah, feel free to hang around a bit more. I think they still do pizzas. They have alcohol here and you guys need it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks a lot. If you guys want to keep up with my shenanigans, you can follow me on Skype. <laughs> Alright, that's my thing. Thanks a lot, yeah? Oh, one more joke. I forgot to do it. Can I do one more joke? Okay, let's start, start, start. Alright, I'm in the process of writing the most Eastern European joke ever. Are you guys ready for it? This is it. One potato? Two potato. Oh no, it's the same potato. Sorry, I forgot to do that one. Happy end of my show, guys. Thanks a lot. Big fans for having us all for opening. Big fans for the power as well for having us here tonight. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time. Fuck off, appreciate you coming out, yeah? Hey guys, how's it going? This is Dragush, uh, straight from the stage. Wanted to thank you a lot for watching this video. If you guys did enjoy the video, please do subscribe, like, and comment. And also watch some of my other videos. I've got a bunch of videos throughout this whole channel, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you, and see you in the next one.